Good evening. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step and chapter is step one, there is a solution. And our speaker tonight is Bonnie B. Thank you, Bonnie. Okay, there you go. Should I start? Thank you so much. Thanks, you guys, for inviting me. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Um, gratefully recovered by the grace of God today. I'd like to just open with prayer if it's okay, just real quickly. Father God, I thank you for the gift of this program. I thank you for the gift of each and every person that's present tonight. We know, Lord God, that you and you alone are the one that does for us what we can't do for ourselves. We give you all the glory for everything that has been done in this area of our lives, and we just invite you into this space. We ask that you would help us to set aside everything that we think we know about our disease, about our DNA, about this program, and most importantly, about you, so we can hear you more clearly and um, live free so that we can be of service to others. Amen. Okay, so thanks again for inviting me. I so um, appreciate that. Um, hilarious as it is, um, I'll start my timer. I thought I was sharing on something completely different until I reached out to the host about a half hour before and she said, well, actually it's there's a solution, which is perfect for me because I tend to be a hot mess and I like to have everything completely lined up. And so this is God working in my life again. Um, I'm a control freak and I and image management is definitely has been one of my greatest character defects. And so to come into this program thinking maybe I don't have it all set up is God's way of proving to me that if it's not him, it's not going to happen. So I'm grateful to be here and the and the the um you know the topic is there is a solution. So um actually quite delighted about speaking on that because there were many things that I tried. And before I go into what that actually is, you know, the solution that I felt like it was, I'm just going to tell you what it wasn't. And I can tell you what it wasn't based upon um, what I tried. Maybe actually before we do that, can we show the pictures real quick? And I'll just um, weigh in on how I actually am a, a true compulsive overeater. I came into this program at the age of 52, um, have wrestled with weight my entire life, um, um, relieved to about 50 pounds. Um you can just scroll through them at, at your leisure. Um, there I there was, was really about 50 pounds heavier. That was about three or four years ago. Came into program about 10 years ago. Really did not get, um, didn't find the solution until about three years ago. Um, that was when COVID hit. I lost all of my hair in that last picture. Ended up um, cutting all my hair off and I actually picked up. Um, I realized at that point that my hair was truly an idol. Um, and recovered, so to speak, but I did pick up at that point, went through the steps again. Um, next couple of pictures um, here, recover with my husband. This was two years ago. And then the next one is um, on my 60th birthday, which will be a year ago in a week. And then the very last one was, um, that was three weeks ago with our youngest daughter. We have six children. Vanessa had graduated from college. And so that was obviously a pretty exciting time for us too, to think six and six and it's done. Um, came into the program, as I said, about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, have been relieved of it for, have been at my ideal body weight for three years. However, I now know that is not um, the goal. I came in thinking that was the goal. I was certain that was the goal. And I've gone out many times realizing that's not the goal. The goal for me, the solution for me, the goal for me is emotional sobriety. 
If I live in that place of emotional sobriety, as my brain goes, so my body goes. And so I came in thinking it was one thing and I've come to understand it really isn't what I thought it was, but it's okay because it's what I thought it was when I came in. Um, I'll tell you what it wasn't. <laughs> you know, there is a solution. I love the title. You can highlight the word is. You know, if you're a true compulsive overeater like me, there is a solution. What news for me, right? What an amazing thing for me. On page 31, where it says, here are some of the methods we've tried. I wrote down everything I've tried. The list is very exhaustive. I had believed that there was not a solution, but there is a solution. And if you highlight the next word in that title, A, there is a solution. Only one. There's only one solution if you have my DNA. That's good news for me because it meant I got to stop searching the internet. I got to stop spending money. I got to stop spending hours and hours and hours of time looking for what I thought might be the next solution. And again, on page 31, I wrote down all the things I tried. Okay, if I was a, maybe a moderate eater or a heavy eater or not a compulsive overeater, they may have worked for me. They didn't work for me. So the title brings great hope to me because there is a solution. Um, I'll tell you what it wasn't for me. It wasn't, um, it wasn't finding the perfect food plan. It wasn't finding the perfect nutritionist. It wasn't finding the right Zoom meetings. It wasn't finding the right sponsor. It, it wasn't any of those things. It wasn't even abstinence. Okay. Ab I mean, the big book tells us, I think on page 19, that abstinence is but the beginning of it. Okay. I mean, obviously I'm abstinent, right? I mean, you need to be abstinent, but that isn't the solution. The solution for me is for me, it was fully conceding, fully conceding that I have a different DNA. On page 427 in the big book, it says, if you're an apple, you can be the best apple you can be, but you can never be an orange. Okay. That's my, that was the deal. I was an apple and I wanted to be an orange. I had six kids. I have a spouse. I have all these friends and they're all apples, right? Or they're all oranges, excuse me. I wanted to be what everyone else was. And until I fully conceded that I had different DNA than most people that I knew and came to lean in and embrace it as not a mistake, but exactly what God wanted for me, that's when I saw deliverance. As much as I would like to have my husband's beautiful blue eyes, and he has beautiful blue eyes, I have brown eyes. I was born with brown eyes. God didn't make a mistake. I was born with brown eyes. And so I've accepted I have brown eyes. I had to fully concede that I have a different DNA. And the DNA isn't good and it's not bad. But for years and years, I thought it was bad because I was searching out the wrong thing. I was looking for a solution that wasn't going to work for someone with my DNA. Um, you know that um, when I sponsor people, I had them do a couple of things. And this was done for me. It was so helpful because, again, until I fully concede, I can't do step two. If I don't do two, I'm not doing three. We know if you don't do three, you're not doing four through nine, and you might as well start all over. Okay, so what I did, what someone had me do is they had me go to page 544. I'm just going to do it in the big book. And it talks about um, the history. And so I have everyone do a history. I did a history of myself. I tell people I don't have an eating disorder. I don't have an eating issue. I don't have a weight issue. I have a thinking disease. When I am in distress, when I am restless, irritable, and discontent, the only answer I knew was to binge or restrict. 
and then exercise. But on page 544, it says the mental twist that led up to my drinking, and I just want you to put in the word thinking, and then it, it leads to eating, began many years before I ever took that first drink. For I'm one of those whose history proves conclusively that my drinking was a symptom of a deeper trouble. Through my efforts to get down to causes and conditions, I stand convinced that my emotional illness has been present from my earliest recollection. I never did react normally to any emotional situation. These are emotional situations. I have a thinking issue. I don't have an eating issue. And the sentence that I love was, I stand convinced. This is the fully conceding. If you look at page 23 in the ANA, it says, by going back in our own drinking histories, and you can put eating slash thinking, we could show that years before we ever realized it, we were out of control, that our drinking slash thinking eating even then was no mere habit, that it was indeed the beginning of a fatal progression. Okay, the solution for me is coming to terms with I have a different DNA, accepting it, leaning in, embracing it, and, 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 and living in a way that allows me to be of service to other people. Um, the answer for me, the answer for me in this, in these solutions was again, going back to what, um, you know, I, I call them miracles, right? The big book, I think has got 36 different spots where it talks about miracles. And I say the miracle for me is, is um, one of the miracles for me was the revelation that um, if God doesn't do it, it's not going to be done. I can't do it. If I could have done it, I wouldn't be here, right? I wouldn't be talking with you guys. And so again, that's part of the fully conceding. Hang it up, hang it up. Someone used a word picture once and it was beautiful. She said, if you have a cell phone, it's a new cell phone to you and you're trying to take a picture and you can't get a picture taken and you push that button over and over and over and over, you think to yourself, the, the, the phone is broken. You take it to someone who happens to know that phone. They say, oh, you're pushing the on off button. You're pushing the wrong button. Okay. I was pushing the wrong button for my DNA. If I am, if I am truly of this variety, which I know I am, because I, I just, I, I mean, read the big book, right? We lean in, I know I am. Then I have to push one button. I can't push the rest of the buttons. They're not going to work. So me trying to do that is not going to work. And so coming to that place where I really understand, I can't do it. If I could have done it, I wouldn't be here. That was a miracle for me. I could hang it up. I could, I could release it, right? I can't remain abstinent. I can't live a life of sacrifice. Why? Because I'm selfish. But I serve a God who can work through me if I yield to him on a daily basis. Um, another miracle is that God doesn't want my list. Okay, I came into the program confident that um, what I needed to do was just show up. And I had a list. And it was, it was, it was part of my disease, right? I came in through OA How. So grateful for that program. It taught me how to use the tools, but I'll tell you what, for someone that's um that's incredibly controlling, I thought the tools were the solution. The tools aren't the solution. The tools will never be the solution. That being said, I do sponsor, I do go to meetings, I do share, I do weigh and measure, I do everything on that list, but I do it for a different reason. I do it so that I can fit myself to be of maximum service to God and other people. Oops, that's why I do it. I don't do it, I don't do it to get to a certain body weight. So the idea again is that God doesn't want my list. What he wants is he wants my heart. 
I wake up every day and I offer him my heart. I pray out step one, two, and three. And in that third step prayer, I say, God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you will today. Relieve me of the bondages of selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and all the fears that grip me. Take away my difficulties, not for me, but so that victory over each and every one would allow me to point everyone back to you. That's the desire of my heart. God doesn't want my list. He wants my heart. When I give him my heart, the list automatically follows for a different reason. Um, that This isn't how I came into the program. So that's really interesting. Like I said, I came into the program all about me and the whole heart thing is all about God. It's about serving other people. Um, another miracle is that, um, you know, through this program, everything shifted. It went from It went from me to God. And that is the solution, staying connected to God. That's what we do on a daily basis. I wake up in the morning and I do what the big book says in, in the way that I think God would have me to do it. But it says upon arising, what do I do? I consider my day. Throughout the course of the day, what do I do? I pause many times. Why do I pause? I pause because I'm inviting God back in. I tend to be selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and really fearful. And then at night again, I regroup again. I have to keep God center. If I don't keep God center, I don't have a chance because separated from God, I go back into my disease. And what's my disease for me? I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. I have fears. I have all these things that rise up within me. You know, many of you know me and know some of my story. We had a place in Fort Myers, Florida. We were supposed to retire there in November. Hurricane Ian had a different game plan for us. It was destroyed. Um, didn't seem to be a big deal because there was $8.5 million of insurance money for the 88 houses. We found out 60 days ago that the three companies they hired took every cent. We had to pull $110,000 out of our retirement to get it fixed. This is, this is, this is God's deal, right? It's not mine. It's God's deal. If I don't stay plugged into God, I am back in that food because I think I'm supposed to control it all. And I don't have control over any of it. The only thing I have control over is my thinking. That's the gift of the program. I have control over my thinking because as my brain goes, so goes the rest of me. When I get up in the morning after I pray, I step out of my bed and I step into an imaginary hula hoop. And I invite God into it. It's a child-sized hula hoop. I invite him in. And the only thing that's in my hula hoop is him. Me, my thinking, and my program, everything else is outside of that hula hoop because it's not mine. It's his. What is the solution? Cease fighting everything and everyone. We have to get through the steps. We have to do four through nine so that we can remove, for the first time, the cataracts that block us. Right? The big book talks about cataracts. Um, so that we're aware of the bedevilments, right? All in the 50s, 54 and 52, I think. And then also the, um, what was the third one? There were three of them. Um, cataract bedevilments, oh, and prejudices too, right? I mean, we do the steps so that we can remove all those things that block us from God because the solution is staying connected to God. That is the solution. If I don't stay connected to God, I am back again in my disease. I don't have an eating disease. I have a thinking issue. I want to run the show. I think I should run the show. I want a Hallmark movie. I've always wanted a Hallmark movie. That's why I had 40 pages of sheets when I did my resentments. 
I wanted a once upon a time happily ever after. And guess what? No one showed up the way I wanted. And that's okay because this is what I know now. Everyone showed up exactly the way they were supposed to show up. I had a lot of sadness and a lot of trauma, but this is the deal. Everyone showed up as best they could. It's just that I had an idea what it was supposed to look like. And when it didn't look like that, then I went back into what I do, controlling it. And with my DNA, all roads lead back to ease and comfort. My drug of choice was binge, restrict, and then exercise. It was not uncommon for me to get up at 4.30 in the morning to get to the gym by 5, exercise till 7.30, go home, homeschool six kids, 21 years, go back over the lunch hour, go back at night again. And depending on what I ate in the middle of the night to ease my dis-ease, that determined how many calories I had to burn the next day. Five minutes. Thank you so much. Craziness, absolutely craziness and lockdown. What's the solution? Staying connected to God. What's the solution? Living in the steps, living in 10, 11, and 12. I can't keep it if I don't give it away. I have to stay plugged in. And, you know, I use the, I use the, um, the word um, or the image sometimes of a lamp on a nightstand. I'll say, you know, if you walk into the room and the room is really, really dark and you're looking for light, you immediately go to the lamp and you try to turn it on. If the light doesn't go on, you then tighten the bulb. If it still doesn't go on, you take the bulb out, you walk out to the hallway thinking the bulb is burnt out. If it's not, you go back and screw it back in, try it again. If it doesn't go on, this is what our brain does, right? We're looking for what's going to work. We go to the switch on the wall and go to the switch on the wall. If it doesn't work, we then we then ask someone. And that person says to me, is it plugged in? This is the deal. I can have everything this program offers. And if I am not plugged into God, it is not going to work. Nice idea, but just another idea. It's just Bonnie showing up again, working the working. It has to be God that does it. Now, that being said, we do everything the program requires because we because our desire is to fit ourselves to be of service to other people. So it's with a different motive. God changes the inside. He does for me what I can't do for myself. It's a byproduct. I tell people, and oh yeah, by the way, you end up being at your ideal body weight. You stay there. Go figure. Right? Amazing. And the very last thing, you know, with regards to the solution thing for me is um, the miracle of num- the miracle number 10 for me was um, coming to be okay with the fact. In fact, embracing the fact that um, I'm broken, not in a bad way. I'm broken. I've been broken forever. And I, it's, I'm perfectly imperfect. And God knows that. Because this was the gift of being able to share with people all the things in my past that I worked so hard to conceal and hide. It was all about the image. And what happened? It kept me in the closet with a baseball bat because I knew I wasn't showing up. Because morally, I wanted to, but I wasn't. But I wanted to, but I wasn't. Right? So being able to release all this and be honest with people, what a gift. And God loves the imperfect in me. And he loves the fact that I have chapters in my book. And he loves the fact that I'll share with people all the different things that have not worked. When people say, does anyone want to speak on relapse? I'll say, choose me. I have relapsed many times. God still loves me. He's still here. Today's a new day. 
It's his deal. He's working in me and through me what I could not do for myself. So the gift of being able to um, know that it's okay to be imperfect and it's okay to be broken is probably one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. I get to show up and I get to show up exactly where I'm at. And I get to lean in and then not only do um, I enjoy life, but you know what? Other people enjoy life a whole lot more too, because I'm not stringing them out. I'm not holding them hostage. I'm a kinder, gentler person. I mean, what is the solution? In the end, the solution for me is always going to be stay connected to God. Yes, we do the other stuff, but if we are not connected to God, we can't do it. And the greatest gift is the gift of knowing that there is a solution. There is a solution. How amazing is that? And the backside of it all, you know, I remember just real quickly, I'll wrap up going to the first meeting I went to and this gal got up and she talked about what she did with food. And part of me was like, oh, good, someone else. And then she said, I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And I thought, you are outside your mind, woman. Bring on the straitjacket. Right. And I now look at this program. I tell people this is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Because I have come to understand the love that God has for me and I'm okay with myself. And oh, yeah, by the way, all the things that I wanted, I got those too. But they were not the billion dollar tickets, they were just add ons. That's how good God is. And so I think um, I think my time is up. I can't believe how fast that goes. With that, I will pass. And thanks again for letting me share. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Wonderful. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, uh, first we have Chanel. You're unmuted, Chanel, but we cannot hear you. Okay, um, we'll come back to Chanel. Um, so we'll go for Meredith B. Thank you, Meredith. Hey, you guys. Um, Meredith B. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Bonnie, thank you. Oh, no. I'm just like, oh. Um, just thank you for these reminders. Um, I really love that light bulb. It's just that, that, um, that works for me, you know, just to, just another picture of all the extraneous stuff that, I mean, it's not, it's, these are important things, but it's just kind of like decoration. If, you know, if I don't, if I'm not connected. So I really appreciated that reminder. And also, man, Ay, ay, ay. It's happening again. 
that this is like the only place in my life where I can show up just like I am, just as I am. And I'm always, um, I'm always at home here, better than home. Amen. And um, it's so unreal. It's just, it is not like that out in the world. I know you all know this. (laughs) Um, I was sharing with a fellow before this meeting and um, I don't know, we were just talking about how people out there aren't like this um, and they're not all safe. And so we learned that um, we might not have known they were unsafe. I think I didn't, I didn't necessarily know people were unsafe, but I kept knocking on those doors and spilling my guts and dealing with the aftermath. And now I'm just, I've learned that, um, well, there is a safe place to go and um, it's constructive too. It's not like, I don't just spill my guts. I, I get to pray and work this stuff out with you all in a, in the best way. Um, and also that it's, I think it's in the, um, beginning reading, but just the idea of God's inclusivity is really beautiful. And I was thinking about that this morning. Um, and I just kind of had a flash of all of the squares, you know, that I see on a daily basis, just like, and how different we all are and how beautiful it is. Like, look at this mosaic in front of us. Um, so anyway, I love you all. And I'm so grateful that I get to be here. Thank And thank you, Bonnie, as always. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Meredith. And um, we'll go ahead and try Chanel again real quick. You're unmuted, but we can't hear you. I could hear you earlier, though. Okay, we'll come back to you, Chanel. Um, Sorry, girl. Okay, um, next we have Lisa. Hello, Lisa, compulsive overeater. Bonnie, what a just a treasure to hear you. And once again, if I could only freaking take notes and listen at the same time. It would be awesome, but this is recorded. So yay, I can go back and listen. Um, you shared so much good stuff and you know, you shared from Freedom from Bondage, which is my absolute favorite story in the big book. It tells my story. It explains things for which I could never understand. Um, and um, yeah, that was just really, really awesome. And I too, I love... Like, thank God there is a solution. I don't, I don't follow the solution all the time, but thank God there is a solution. It's not like a cancer or, or something that cannot be cured. Like, I know that this thing can be arrested. Um, and uh, you also talked about um, being restless, irritable, and discontented. You know, sometimes I, I just try and analyze this, this dang thing to death. And I'll be like, okay, it's gotta be these feelings that are like buried from my trauma, from my childhood or, or 
mm-hmm. or I'm feeling unfulfilled or well, those can all be go down restless, irritable, discontented. So like a lot of times in the evening, never want to binge during the day. Never, ever. It's almost like sun goes down, switch goes up. Well, that's in my head. You know, that's in my head that there's nothing else going on. But that is being discontented or you could say that that's that's um, being restless. It's boredom, you know. So, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it can be so simple, but I can try and just make it like I've got to work through my childhood trauma. I haven't worked through my childhood. I've got to go do EMDR and I've got to go and 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 no, no. <laughs> it's like um, okay, yeah, God, I'm bored. There's no more tasks to do today. And I'm sitting here and I got some food. Yeah. I would have a party with the food. No, it just doesn't, it doesn't work, but it's very simple. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, which is really, really good. And I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Um, I've had, I've had some good days and I'm, um, I'm just, I'm really grateful for a little bit of peace of mind lately. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much, Lisa. And um, next we have Leslie G. Um, Hi, family. Leslie G here. Um, Only by the good grace of God, my absent today. Oh, sweet friend, Bonnie. Thank you so much. It was so, it's so good to see you. I'm so excited. I've been thinking about you. First of all, my question. So you said we need to be careful. You said bedevilments, prejudices, and? Cataracts. Cataracts, thank you. And I don't have much to say. I just, you know, I love you repeating some of the stuff that I think about. But what I I loved and want to thank you is that I still need to Except, like, I know that God loves me more than any human being will ever love me. But that you said that you're okay with being perfectly broken. That I'm hurt, I'm humanly imperfect, and it's a gift. And I know God loves me, but I love you how when you said it's a gift. And um, why is that a gift, though? Is it because then you can share yourself with other people? Uh, that part I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure figure out. Yeah, it's it's where I it's where I it's where I began to live. I mean, for the first time in my life, I got to come out of the closet. Right? I mean, my entire life was image management. It was hide everything that happened, show up looking a certain way, fake at yeah. all cost, and 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 coming to terms with there isn't a once upon a time happily ever after. That is a fairy tale. There are chapters in the middle of most people's books right? The Hallmark movie, we know how real those are. They're not. That's why we want to watch them. So coming to terms with that and being okay with that is the gift because for the first time I get to free fall. It's like, it's like jumping out of an airplane, knowing that I have a parachute and actually enjoying the descent versus feeling like you're pushed out of an airplane and you're going to hit the ground and die. It's a gift, um, and yeah, and then I get to I get to share with other people. These are chapters in my book, and I got a lot of chapters in my book. A whole bunch of them are chapters I would never have put in my own book. But see, because I'm selfish, I don't want those chapters in my book. I want an easy life. 
But those chapters in my book are part of my book. And what's the goal? To, to encourage other people that you can have chapters in your book. And it doesn't mean that your life isn't going to be a great life. Because the only thing for me, the only thing that really is, um, you know, the, the, the billion dollar ticket is, I've said it before, my thinking. Okay, what is, what is, what's, you know, I say the enemy, it's like, you know, my God's a God, the Bible. And so I make reference to like the enemy. So I hope it's not offensive, but I will say, what does the enemy want from me? He wants my peace and my joy. If he can get my peace and my joy, he's got everything else, everything. And so, so what is the gift? The gift is where I'm able to cease fighting everything and everyone. It's where I can free fall for the first time and go, you know what? Yep. Been there, done that. Yep. Did that too. With no shame. And there was so much shame and so much guilt. The acronym for shame is should have already mastered everything. I lived there for years. What a heavy burden to carry. Right? Wow. And so the gift is to be able to actually, for the first time, look in the mirror and be okay with the brokenness and say, it was part of the design. And it's not a bad part. It's just part of it. It's what makes me who I am. And then I can lean in and other people lean in. And then instead of having, um, you know, isolation in a closet, there's bridges that are being built. Because I'm not the only one. There's many of us have experienced the same thing. And it's only as bad as what I want it to be. Whatever I shine my flashlight on, that's what's illuminated, baby. The big books does be saying the solution. I have chapters. I just choose not to shine my flashlight on those. I choose to move through it. So it's the gift. Thank you, Leslie. That was awesome, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I just have to say that was awesome too. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Um, so next, um, Chanel, we're, I think you're back. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, I'm on the laptop, so that I don't know what's going on with my phone anyway. Bonnie, wow, you know, I was looking recently, I, I uh, you know, when I take my, go through with sponsees, oh, I'm Chanel, and I'm a grateful compulsive leader, so <laughs> I forgot to say that, so grateful to you, um, I was actually looking for another podcast for my sponsees when they do, there's a solution, I just wanted something that resonated in a little different way after they do the reading, and I will be using yours now, mm -hmm. so I'm grateful to this meeting as well, thankful to this meeting. Um, one of the things I loved the most was that you said what the solution isn't for you. And also when you talked about the tools, I have a quick question. If you are talking to a sponsee, now, I mean, if I'm just talking to a fellow, they get to do it however they want to do it. But if you're talking to a sponsee who's returning and she said, they say, Hey, you know, um, I just need to pick up the tools. I need to pick up tools. And their focus is on the tools because that's what they've learned either in how, wherever they've learned it, doesn't matter, in the rooms. And you're trying to show them that, you know, this, that's, not, that's not really what the solution is. It's important. We use all those tools. However, how do you approach that with someone who's either returning or they're new and that's what they've heard? How do you approach yeah. Thank you. Yep, 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 yep. Um, the difference for me always comes down to um, behavior modification. Sign me up. Here's my list. I can do it. I can't, but I want you to think I can. Help me to modify the behavior at all costs or ask God for a heart transformation. Okay, if I'm in the list, it's behavior modification. Make no mistakes. 
So if you're thinking that's going to do it for you, well, you're going to go around the mountain again, because the only thing that will change this deal is to have God step in and do for me what I couldn't do for myself. He has to change me on the inside. When the inside changes, the outside's a natural byproduct. So if they want to work the tools, great. But if they're not, if they don't understand, and and sometimes, and again, I mean, when I sponsor people, they do have to do many of the tools. And I say the reason you you may start out by saying, "Oh my goodness, this is a lot to do." And I said, "I guarantee you, by step ten, you will go from I have to to I get to. You will fully understand this is the greatest gift you've been given." But I do. I there are things that we need to do, right? I'm undisciplined. I don't know moderation. I don't know portion control. I know bags, right? I need a scale. I need a nutritionist. If I could have managed this alone, I would have done it. I won't sponsor someone who doesn't have a nutritionist. I will never tell anyone what their abstinence list is. I will say, sit down at the table with a piece of paper and a pencil. Invite your God. Ask him to show you everything you've ever binged on. Put it on the paper. Ask him to show you everything you've ever negotiated over. Put it on the paper. Ask him to show you everything you're currently negotiating over. Yep, pretty sure I got two chapters in my book on that one. Put it on the paper. And ask him to show you all the behaviors. If you are rigorously honest, you, the paper, pencil, and God, you will have your abstinent list. Do not look left. Do not look right. Look up. God will show you. Within 72 hours, you will be neutral if you're honest. Now, I will say, slow learner, educational variety girl here. I've got two chapters. I held back on stevia. I held back on applesauce. I held back on bananas. I negotiated over those bad boys. But this is the deal. When I got up in the middle of the night, what did I do? My husband would wake up and say, where are the bananas? I'd say, I ate them. He's like, all of them? Right? So I won't manage anyone. I will say, my goal is to help you find God. The big book is not the treasure. The big book is the treasure map that gets us to the treasure. When I exit and I will exit because I'm supposed to exit, I'm supposed to find someone else who's sick and suffering. If you're not connected to God, you're starting over. If it's me, a list, a program, if it's anything other than God, you're going back to the beginning because if it could have been anything else, we wouldn't be talking to each other. Gentle time. Yep, I'm done. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Chanel. Um, and thank you so much, Bonnie. And we will now stop the recording for unrecorded shares.